the magic of the sunstone, you're tuned into the Jewel Riders Archive. Hey Jewel fans, I'm Chris, and I'm Ronnie from the Jewel Riders Archive. We're here today with really special guests, especially for you Avalon Web of Magic fans out there. We have got none other than the singer-songwriter herself, Deborah Davis. Welcome Deborah. it's so exciting to have you here. Thank you, I'm thrilled. Now I gotta ask you too, do you prefer Deborah or Deb? Well, you know, I, either one. Just not Debbie anymore. Not Debbie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I, everybody calls me Deb, but I still go by Deborah because Deborah Davis is my, I mean, that Davis is my maiden name. Um, my last name now is Byer because um, I'm married. Uh, <laughs> but Davis is my, people thought that I came up with Deborah Davis as a music name, a stage name. It you does know, sound it, like a good stage name. Yeah, it does, but it's nice, really, really nice my name. So, to it. Yeah, I just kept it for music because I was already making music and everything um, when I got married. So I thought, well, I'll keep that that name. And no one mispronounces Davis. They all mispronounce <laughs> Bayer. I say Bayer or whatever. So <laughs> It's nice to have something that's a little, little bit like a stage name, too. So that's great. So nice. and speaking of stage and beginnings, let's go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself. So if you can give us a quick brief um, summary of kind of your early performing career, kind of acting, like what did you do like to begin with, essentially? Uh, you mean like after high school, college and all that? Yeah, yeah, whenever you were starting to pursue it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that ever since I was little, you know, I was performing places. And then in high school as well, you know, I had the I had the bug um, and was writing songs in high school, you know, and um, performed my own songs for the big show and all that stuff. And then in college, I went to college for music first. Um, then I just started getting gigs and um, my first real like paid singing gig was um, a place called Baxter Street, which used to be in Newport Beach. And they had singer dancers. They had a cast of singers and dancers. And um, I was in that. It was like a, kind of like a dinner theater, but we did reviews um, of musicals. Uh, we had like a 50s medley, you know. How fun. Yeah, and then all that stuff. Anyway, that's where I met my husband, actually. Uh, and then I, you know, I had, oh, I did so many gigs. I was in Andrew Sisters Trio on the Queen Mary, oh, wow. um, an acapella quartet that performed all around. And I was in the high society, a jazz, vocal jazz, like Manhattan transfer group that was, we did Vegas and all kinds of stuff. I mean, just you name it. And then I started writing my own songs more like, like really like seriously. And when I felt like I had a body of work, that I was really proud of, I put out my first CD. And I have three CDs out um, and and started to get a lot of TV and film placement. 
Oh, very cool. And I am trying to remember how I came in contact with um, Avalon and everything. It was through something like that. That's what I was trying to remember. It was something, it was one of the TV and film um, projects that I was involved with. So when you're saying in the production regarding like film or television, um, obviously writing the music. So you were writing, was it just the lyrics for those particular, were you actually performing as well or and writing or performing? Like how did that go for you regarding productions? Yeah. Well, some of them are, were music placements. So they would um, say, Oh, I want your song moon upon my shoulder in Dawson's Creek or in Bold and the Beautiful or whatever. And then they place that song in the scene, that sort of thing. Oh. Others were like some films. They'd say, oh, we need an end. We want you to write the end title track. Um, I had I did that for some Sundance films and things like that, kind of indie films. Um, <clears throat> and then other times, like there used to be a show on um TNT called Angel Encounters and they did a whole feature on my songs and everything and came to the studio and filmed and that was kind of cool. So that wow. was live, but most of them are where they place the the music. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it was from those placement gigs that essentially somehow you got connected with someone who was doing the Avalon. And then from there, you were basically given the opportunity to write the music for it. Regarding time frames, do you remember around when this was? When I first started working with Avalon? Avalon. Yeah. I, well, I got the books. I, I was looking some of that up. I believe it was like around 2000, I'm going to say. Or ni- maybe uh, maybe 1999. Okay. So it was probably... Okay, because I know that at least from regarding Avalon, the books have been re-released, but during the initial release, it was the early 2000s. And yeah. um, we were looking at a couple of behind-the-scenes videos. We actually found a video where it looks like you guys were in a bookstore doing a promotional tour for the Avalon. Do you remember, was that during the initial book release or was that later? That was the initial. Was it? Okay. Yeah, okay. So around like 2001, two maybe? For sure. And okay. I can date everything. So my daughter, Ella, is now 17. So she was born in 2003. And it's, it's such a great, it's like B-E and A-E. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? B-E? And so, and I totally remember, um, because we had these, some of the bookstore, we had done a, a whole tour of Borders books and music because they were really supportive of that. And we all, we did Borders, we did um, Barnes and Noble, and there was one more bookstore, I forget. Anyway, but mainly Borders and Barnes and Noble. And um, I would go with the band and play songs that I wrote for the uh, books and then I played a couple others, one that they wrote, someone else wrote, um, a couple, and I still did those, but we were like, and then Rachel would be there signing books, and lots of kids would come. It was really fun. And then sometimes we'd have characters. I forget, they had one, like, um, someone as one of the characters. Um, 
anyway, but I know that that was before 2003 because I remember when I was pregnant, it was like, at first it was fine. And then after, you know, about six or seven months, it was like, well, I can't hide it anymore. <laughs> okay. So those performances were AE, as we said. So, okay. Okay. Some of them were BE and some of them were AE. I mean, oh, BE, okay. I mean, I meant, yeah, before. <laughs> okay. Now, how many, how often did you guys go out to the bookstores with this, with this whole group and perform and do the signings? We did a lot of them. I mean, I know we did it for, I was trying to think of, I, I have all the books here. I thought I did, but I think I'm missing a couple that I had uh, songs in because I don't seem to have the one that has Supernatural High in it. Oh, and that is like one of the key songs too. Yes. And so I know that I'm missing that book, but, um, but I have others. And then I have the the book on tape that Mandy Moore read, you know, and then the single that we did for um, for Sony Wonder. So all of that was before 2003, I know, but actually no, some of it was before and some of it was was after. So it's hard to say. But we were doing, you know, we were doing three or four a month, maybe like one a week. Oh wow. And all around, you know, so it was, it was great. And then they had the, the books there on a nice display. It was a really great um, marketing, you know, promotion for the, for the series and everything to have the music tied to it. Oh, definitely. I think that that's one of the aspects of the book series that so many fans have enjoyed is the fact that there is these beautiful songs that are, are accompanied meant to the storytelling and so that's one of the reasons why when we had recently released the soundtrack and it was thanks to a partner site the Avalon Archive that we were able to find some of those tracks so there is a question though regarding the actual music because on the Avalon soundtrack that was released there were other songs that were from the previous animated series. So to give a little bit of a background, Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders came out in 1995 and 1996. And this was the animated series that Avalon Web of Magic was inspired by. So it looks like they used a couple of other songs that were featured in Jewel Riders, such as Feel the Magic, Friend in You, Spirit of Avalon. And then to it, they added some of your songs like Supernatural High, golden etc to the album that they released so it's kind of like a mixture so there's been questions from the fans if you sung all of those because they also attribute the artist as between but between is the band in the book series but they've attributed that to even the jewel writers song so people are like well did deborah write the 95 songs as well like there was a little bit of confusion there yeah no i didn't I did sing those songs at all the live shows. Okay. So I sang Friend in You, Spirit of Avalon. What was the other one you named? Feel the Magic. Feel the Magic, yeah. I did those live. Those are the ones I was talking about when I said I sang some that I didn't write. And then I would do, um, um, well, what's the one called? The Magic in You? What's it called? Mm, there's... Well, the one that I know, Supernatural High, Golden, um, there's an artist suite. Yeah, I wrote both of those, and and I did sing those in the set as well. But then there's another one, The Magic in... Oh, my gosh. See, this is what I was talking about. about <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it called? 
I'm looking at the book here. I think we need to get a good listing of all the songs. I don't know if you have a nice listing. That way we could definitely put it all up for all the fans to see as well. That would be helpful. Yes, that would be good. Um, it wasn't the music by heart I wrote, but I think that was just for the book. We, ne- we never sang that. Yeah, I've Earth never heard song. a recording of that. Yeah, Earth Song as well. But then there was um, there was another one that I sang that it was something about the magic in you or oh shoot anyway I'll fi- I'll find that out for sure. But okay. the old ones were Supernatural High Golden and then the other one that I can't that I'm not thinking of and um, the other songs we I would do live but I didn't write those but we had this for the Sony Wonder um, it was a group it was a, a singer that um sony wonder got that is singing supernatural high on that single that's not mm-hmm. me oh that's not you well it's i'm you. on i don't know if i'm on the soundtrack you're talking about or not because my version was on another thing <clears throat> another thing they released but well, we could share the versions that we have, but the ones that we have, and see, this is the problem when people give credit to a fictional person. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have the single that you're talking about, which it features the three tracks, Supernatural High, Spirit of Avalon, and then the chapter one from Circles in the Stream narrated by Mandy Moore. Right. That is the album that we have. In addition to that, before the Avalon site closed, they had downloadable songs. And that's also what we're pulling from. And that is where we're getting all the other songs, including the Jewel Rider songs. Um, and that's what we have. So like I said, we have the Supernatural High Golden, Field of Magic, Friend in You, and Spirit of Avalon, as well as an orchestral suite. Did you also write the orchestra pieces? No. Okay. Um, I did write another song for it, though. This is going to crack my brain. <laughs> anyway, um, besides, I mean, I wrote other songs where just the lyrics are in here, but some of them actually had melodies. They just weren't, and we would play it, perform them. They just weren't on um, the disc. Right, the disc. But the, so Golden also, Golden is a different singer as well. That's uh, Her name's Megan Nicole mm. that, so- that I got. So Supernatural High is by someone else, and then also Golden apparently is someone else on this album. So did they release the album with you on it? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, no, oh, I'm no. something. I was on something that so Supernatural High performed by Between. That both of these are um, the Sony Wonder Singer, and that's oh, because they, we just wanted it to. And I agreed to really sound, and the singer in Golden, you know, was 16. Mm-hmm. But we really wanted it to sound like that, like like a teen voice, but right. a good singer. So, and then we had a group of three sisters that were definitely going, and they recorded Supernatural High as well. And that's somewhere. Oh my um, gosh, I would love to hear that. They were called Twist of Fate, and they were with Sony Wonder. Their version's great. I have it somewhere in our studio. So There's so many different variations of all these songs just I floating know. around everywhere. My I know, goodness. and, and my, there's one with me singing on it and all the heart background parts and everything I did so, somewhere. I mean, I have it, but I know it was released 
I'm just trying to remember in what medium, you know, like anyway. Okay. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about this song since we kind of had recapped, you know, where the previous experiences had got you, you got the gig with Avalon, you started touring, but let's talk about the heart behind all of it. So when you were writing these songs and just to also confirm regarding, you know, what your role was in these, you had mentioned writing and obviously you performed them as well. Um, Do you also write orchestrations at all, or is it just lyrics that you focus on? What do you do? I write them. Well, the music and the lyrics, the whole thing. Yeah. So we would record it too. Um, we have a studio, so I would record all the tracks for them and, and then they would, um, you know, say, Ooh, we want this part to have some twinkle sounds and this, you know, all that stuff. So. Oh, fun. Gotcha. Yeah. They were involved in the production, but, um, yeah, but I write the melody and the lyrics and the chord progression. So it's basically the whole song. Okay. When they say about writing top line, that's where someone would give you a a track or a chord progression and you'd make up the melody and the lyrics to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah. But you wrote everything originally. Okay. So then let's talk about the first one. So Supernatural High, since that seems to be one of the favorite songs. So what was the, you know, the thinking behind it? Where was your inspiration drawing from? You know, I was just thinking about, well, the very first line, I'm in my moon phase. I, I am su- we were talking about being into elephants. I'm also really into the moon and just the whole energy of it. And, and they were like, Oh yeah, the moon is, has a, you know, part in the books and this, of course, cause you know, the moon is mystical magical. and magical. Yeah. yeah. So, and then my pink day, I just tried to make it very like where the lyric was, um, was magical, you know, had that kind of whimsical and um, fun, you know, fairy-like kind of lyric. And then we produced it sort of, it almost sounds kind of 60s rock-like. It I does it. very much, yes. yeah. I On like purpose, that. yeah, because we thought, oh, that, it, it, I don't know, it would be nice to have, have it have some sort of a um, vintage, like, throwback, you know, vibe um but supernatural high was and i was a little worried actually about the word high you know because i thought i don't it means like high like when you're really happy you know but then i thought gosh is that gonna you know it's a young girl the wrong way series yeah exactly yeah. but they were like nope it's fine you know people are gonna make what they will of anything you know mm-hmm. there's always ways to misinterpret everything because it really just meant like, it's like, I'm so, I'm feeling so good and so like, like awake and ready and all that. That's kind of what it's supposed to be about. Well, I love it. I mean, I've always felt like it was a positive message yeah. and I love the rhyming in it. And I think that as you mentioned with that fun, catchy, kind of a retro feel, that's why I love it. And I think that that's why so many other fans love it as well. Oh, good. I'm glad. I mean, it really has become kind of like the centerpiece song of the album. Did you mean for it to kind of be the, the theme as it were? Yeah. I mean, when, you know, back when they were talking about, you know, there were several different inroads I uh, of like making, turning it into a, an animated film and then a live action film. And then it went back to anime. That was supposed to be the theme song, but. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So I mean, and it totally has that vibe. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Was Golden written as maybe like a closing song? Golden was supposed to be what the band between, like their their big song, like a big um, like a big production number, basically. Yeah. yeah. And which book was that in? First, it was in um. Yeah. Spellsinger. Oh, I think it was. I think it is Spellsinger. It's where the band performs it, and the lyrics are in there. Right, yeah. I think Between first shows up in Spellsinger. Yeah, I think it might be in there, yeah. And then that, the same kind of lyric, though. You know, we are young, we are golden, everything we dream. Um, We are moon and sun and the magic in between, all that. So it's all along those same lines. And, you know, my own my own songs, I have lots of moon references, angels references. <laughs> so it was kind of a natural, really. Now, when you started writing these songs, did you go back and consciously try to match it in style to the three original songs that kind of came packaged in from the beginning? Or did you go in your own direction? Um, no, I don't remember... I mean, I heard those and then I, and then we, like I said, when we started performing the, the sets, mm-hmm. I sang those as well. But no, I think we kind of tried to carve out a sound for between. Yeah. It was more about that. Like so what that would their sound be when we were thinking kind of like the bangles. Hmm. That's a good example. Yeah, it is like the Bengals, I suppose. Oh, yeah. they're amazing. <laughs> the so next will be seen between walking like an Egyptian as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I remember it was always like, what do you like, Bengals or Go-Go's? Bangles or, and I was always Bengals. <laughs> you know what? They're both fantastic. I love they them are, both. Yeah. <laughs> so actually to tack on to Chris's question, because we recently were talking with the illustrator for the book series, and we and we had talked about jewel writers. She actually didn't know about Princess Guinevere. And so I guess my question is, because they didn't really bring it up to her, did you just happen to know of jewel writers, or did they actually tell you, hey, we're inspired by this show, or this is kind of where the inspiration came from, or like how did they bring it up to essentially? I don't remember it being brought up. Okay, so they might not have told you either. No. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. But I really, that's why when I got the email, or I think you commented on my daughter's song or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, jewel writers, what's that? No, so it didn't, If it may have been, I'm not going to say they never told me that because uh-huh. that was 20 years ago or 18 years ago or something like that. But I, um, I don't remember it. So I, I remember thinking that this was, I knew there were other uh, projects, you know, mm-hmm. that were along the same lines from Red Sky and everything. But I, I don't remember that thinking that this was uh, like an extension of another or it's, or inspired by, you know, I right. right. <laughs> well, and that's okay. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what the thinking is behind this because a long time ago, 
when we were still trying to dig out a lot of stuff, I mean, it's really been recently that we found out a lot more of Avalon. And I don't know if it's just because we've all been digging a little bit more, but, you know, finding you, finding the illustrator, finding some other people that were integral in the series. It's also because we're doing a book reading right now. So something to include is that I'm actually reading the book series for the first time. So I'm wow. discovering all of it brand new. So I'm still learning about it. I'm only on book two. So I haven't really gotten too far into the series yet. So when you're commenting about, you know, what book is this in? Like, I honestly don't know yet. So I'm oh, still yeah, discovering okay. of it. Yeah, I'm still discovering it. But when we're talking about these things, originally our kind of I don't know, conspiracy theory was like, well, I think Rachel Roberts is really Robert Mandel. And that was just a pen name and like this and that. <laughs> like we had no idea until we found this video and it showed you singing in the borders and it actually showed Rachel Roberts. I'm like, my goodness, she's real. Like it's really, <laughs> she's real. Like, you know, we had no idea. So it's almost like whoever was in charge of both of these properties, almost like, Hey, yeah, you could totally use my story, but let's not even acknowledge each other. And it's like, why? Why didn't you? Because you lost the whole fandom. Like any fans of Jewel Riders probably would have gone and read the Avalon books. But like there was no synergy marketing between the two of them, you know? And is it the same people? Well, well that's what we don't know. Oh, so, you don't know if Jewel Rider? Well, well, we know that Robert Mandel has is involved in both of them on some level. Oh, yeah, so, for Robert sure. Mandel was the creator of Jewel Riders, and I'm not sure what exactly his role was with Avalon, except maybe he produced kind of the whole thing, which Rachel wrote and you performed and and all of well, that. Not, well, the books were written by Rachel and Robert. Oh, okay. Her name isn't even Rachel. <laughs> She's I mean, not it, does, it sounds like a <laughs> name. It's, it's an M. Okay. But, I mean, they wrote <clears throat> they wrote them together, and I was working with them, both of them, the whole okay. time. Okay. It was always both. And Robert's who I met first, who I was connected with. Okay. So he basically reached out to you, you guys connected, then he introduced you to the series and to Rachel, and then told you about how they're kind of... It's like when we've talked to other actresses that were involved with the initial animated series you know they said oh you know robert was so sweet and he was nice and he was this and that but it's like we haven't actually been able to reach out to him like we reach out to him on like linkedin and elsewhere and we just can't connect with him so we haven't been able to ask him a lot of these things yeah and i would love to too because i i would love to still be involved musically with whatever he's doing and we we were really close and got on great and even i think the last song I wrote for them. I think it's in, I don't know if it's earth song, but it's in one of the books. It was like 2009 or 10, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, not, I mean, the last couple of books were not published until about 2009. So if it was in one of the last two books, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw him again when um, they came out with the, the manga, is that how you say it? The, the, the manga. Yeah. yeah. The warlock diaries. Yeah. And he gave me a, you know, a box of all of those because my oh, daughter, <laughs> my daughter at that point and all her friends were huge Avalon web of magic books fans. Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Second grade, third grade four. And so I was, that's why I'm missing books. I know it because I would <laughs> They're all <laughs> to kids. <laughs> yeah. Like give them for, you know, I'm going to a birthday party and we'd put the Avalon, you know, and then I'd ask Robert for more, <clears throat> but 
and last I heard he was, he was talking to different production houses about the, and they were working on the movie. And then, and then I don't even remember what happened. I just all of a sudden didn't hear from him for a while. And then when I emailed him, it wasn't the right email yeah, email address. Yeah. We got, we, we got we an error message. <laughs> yeah. We got the same error message from him too. <laughs> I have talked to Rachel Roberts though via email and oh. um, she's, she's not really writing right now. She's um, I forgot where she told me she's living. Anyway, I hmm. want to say that anyway, right. if I remember, but I don't remember, but I could find the email uh, from her. Yeah. Um, if you could share some of that stuff with us, I mean, again, if you want to reach out to her on our behalf and just say, Hey, you know, these people, you know, are interested in talking with you again, we would like to clear up some of these misunderstandings because I think that also when it's not, you know, out there for fandom, people start assuming things and they start making up these huge, you know, elaborate stories when it's really not that involved as well. So exactly, you know, I I don't think it would matter that I, the reason that it was definitely Robert and, and Rachel, but the reason Rachel always went to all the things and that her name is on the books is because it's a, it's really a girl's girl centric series. Yeah, we understand that. It's just like how you're saying with the singer, like they wanted someone younger because that way the target market could identify with that person. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Definitely. Uh, but at least they let me do the live shows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're so glad that we have a little bit of tape. That live. Yeah. Did, did you um, record any more of those of you singing those songs? Like, do you have home videos or do you have anything that you could share with the archive that we could post? I don't have video, but I have audio. Of- well, well, we would love to share those too, if you if you're willing to share them with us. Yeah, I'll we'll I'll look for those in the studio. Okay. I know I have them. I know I, I know where Supernatural High is, mm-hmm. my but the Magic in You I have somewhere. I think that's what it's called, the Magic in You. Okay, well that sounds. That sounds like it probably would be part of the series. That sounds along the lines. Yeah, yeah definitely. Especially yeah. since finding out that. The versions that we have that we previously thought were you singing are not actually you. I'd love to hear your versions. <laughs> I love to hear, you know, singer songwriters performing their music. So. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you've heard. Um, oh, and then at these same shows, I would do like three of my songs from my albums that kind of still fit the theme. Like I have one song, "Moon Upon My Shoulder." It's called. We did that. We did my song Angels in the Attic. And then what was the other one? I forget now. I'll think of it. But we did a few of mine f- from the album. And, and those were contenders for the soundtrack, too. You know, because they're a lot totally similar lyrically just co- by coincidence. Because I wrote those before I ever met, you know, Robert or any of them. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's my my own stuff is all on every you know spotify itunes all that but the uh, these other versions i could send you yeah i'm gonna when we're talking about the music for a book series i mean i will have to just call it out it's the fact that at least to our understanding that's not something that's typically done you know music is written with the intention of releasing it specifically for an animated movie or you know releasing it to be in synergy with some other property like usually books don't have lyrics in them and include cds so were you 
was that one of the things that kind of drew you to this project or when they were explaining the reasons of why they wanted to have this unique about this book series, what kind of like, what were you told essentially? Yeah, that definitely drew me to it. But at first, I think the first thing was just writing some lyrics that would be in the book. And then, um, then the Sony Wonder thing came about, and they were interested in releasing. I remember it was all of us talking, though, and I, rem- I remember saying, you know, or I, maybe maybe Robert said it. I don't know. Anyway, we want to have, like, a CD that goes with the book. And it was literally, you know, like, it was literally attached to it. Like, there was a, a plastic clear uh, sleeve, like mm-hmm. a clear. And then the CD was inside of it first. And then, or maybe it was in the inside here. Shoot, I don't remember. I must have one of those somewhere. But then this CD, that came after, if I remember right. And it was, or maybe this was in the plastic sleeve. Oh, my gosh, I don't remember. (laughs) So the intention was for it to be sold together, though, not you know, I mean, it could be sold separately, but I mean, the idea was that you could basically get the music with the book. So that way there was the synergy between the storytelling and the music as well for you to relive the magic. Yes. It was a great, like it was for the launch of the new, um, I think, was it spell singer? It was for the launch of like the new, um, you know, how TV has a new season two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, Avalon Quest for Magic is the yes. second second part of the series. Exactly. That's it. I think it's so it's so forward thinking to look at it now because mixed media projects are such a thing that you just see now and to have yeah. it to have this one that was you know 18 years ago is just amazing to me. And I know. It's, it's such a great opportunity and that you know people didn't really start doing until now again, I think. That's true. And I I think that it's just a really smart way to market. I mean, yeah, even still now with everything is downloads, it's not CDs anymore. Mm-hmm. But, but you have the free download with the book purchase, you know, like you, I don't know. But you, what you had to do, I think all the, if I remember right, all the books were sealed, of course, like shrink wrap. Right, to keep the CD in place. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, I remember signing a bunch of these, though. Oh, did you? Was those those at Borders? Yeah. And you had mentioned that you didn't just do it locally. Um, I'm assuming, though, with it being Sony and everything, were you guys based out of, like, the Los Angeles area, or? Yeah, like, we did Los Angeles, San Diego, Orange County, um, up north, like, you know, Ventura. I think we... I feel like we went to Northern California a little bit, but I don't, we didn't go. I mean, I did see, I also did a whole borders tour with my own music and I know we piggybacked some of those. Oh, interesting. A little bit. Yeah. So I'm just trying to remember. um, I think if we did, I think it was my second CD, which is called angels in the attic because that came out in 90 end of 99. Like, early 2000. So it was right. I was already working with Avalon and then supernatural high is on my third CD. 
which came out in 2004. With okay. Me. I'm going to have to find these CDs, definitely. Yeah, and we're going to have to include links on all of this. Yes, so we're going to... We'll share all this information for all of those people who are listening. We're going to give you links to all of this music that Deborah is talking about, because there's a lot of music out there to explore. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. And regarding Avalon, when we were talking about the discussions that they were having regarding making it into an animated series, was that always kind of an idea that, hey, we're going to turn this book series into a cartoon? Or was it, I mean, I suppose it's obviously based upon you know, the reception and how well the books sell. But like, you know, what was the thinking behind that, at least? They were always talking about that. And and it was really hopeful and it looked really good. And then something would happen, you know, like, you know, negotiations. Just I wasn't involved in that part of it, but they would share it, you know, with me. And, and then they'd sw- talk to a different studio and then that would fall through and then talk to a different story. And then it was going to be live action with actors and not animated. And then it went back to animated and I, and then I don't know what happened, but didn't you guys say that you thought there was still something in the works? Well, that's what we've heard. Um, There is an Instagram account and on it, they did initially post some behind the scenes pictures. And when we were talking to the illustrator, she had also mentioned that she had done some conceptual art for them. They were posting all of that and then they kind of went dark and a few years passed and then um, they seem to have gone active again. I don't think that anything has been posted. So like I said, it's kind of been hit and miss regarding communication, like trying to find out like, Hey, you know, what's going on with this or where are we at? Um, our friend at the archive, um, the Avalon archive has posted some updates, but again, these are a couple of years old. The last time that she was in communication with them. So Uh it seems to be kind of this passion project that has been going on for like 20 years. (laughs) So I also like, I know that Disney came out during that time. I think it was Disney. I don't remember. Actually, I shouldn't say Disney because I don't know for sure, but it was another company came out with something that was like frighteningly similar. Like it almost seems like they kind of stole ideas, you know, from Avalon. Mm-hmm. But I don't you, was very you don't remember what animated series that is. I thought it was it was called something like about a witch. Like I think it might even have been witch. W- is it just W-I-T-C-H all with the periods? Yeah. Yeah. Disney produced that, and there's an Italian series called Winx Club that's also very similar in tone. And that's kind of, that's sad. I mean, (laughs) I mean, hopefully it's just, you know, collective consciousness, you know. Yeah. Well, from the very beginning, you know, just talking about Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riot, there's, you know, lots of people out there that say, oh, well, you know, they were inspired by She-Ra or they were inspired by Sailor Moon or whatever it is. And, you know, everyone is inspired by everyone. Like, it's not necessarily that someone, you know, took this idea. It's just, right. you know, they came out at the right time. They released it at the right moment. And then it's like, ah, they kind of stole our thunder. But, I mean, obviously, there's still the Avalon fandom that's out there that's still wanting that animated series. And, you know, obviously, it sounds like talents who were involved with it initially still want to be in involved so hopefully Robert if you're out there and you're listening to this like you know get everyone involved exactly give Deborah a call email me to write music 
<laughs> and we want to hear that music. Yes, I'm totally ready. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that there is a healthy uh, Avalon fandom, like you said, because I mean, I, I mean, those kids that were into it when it first came out would be young adults now. Mm-hmm. But right. is that who it's made up of, or is it a whole new generation? It's more nostalgia. Um, it's the same thing with Jewel Riders. I mean, right now, people who watch Jewel Riders are in their 30s. So it's kind of that cycle of, hey, you know, and we get a lot of stories of this. And this is what I love is that people share, I was going through my memory box and I found my horse dolls or I found my Jewel Rider dolls or I found my old VHS and I started playing them with my kids. And my kids started to like really latch on to the horses and now they're playing with them. And then we watched the episodes on the Jewel archive together. And then the same thing with Avalon, like, you know, people who grew up with it now, as you said, you know, they're young adults. And so they might have kids of their own or they're just, you know, now they finally have money of their own and they're able to rebuy some of this old memories of books and things like that. So it's, it's a lot of nostalgia, but it's passing it on to the next generation. So as you mentioned, you know, with your daughter being the right age, during the Avalon initial release, it's kind of the same thing. So all these new kids are being, you know, exposed to it, but it really depends upon new content too. Because as we found at the archive, nostalgia is very powerful, but at the same time, you need to be creating new content in order for people to remain interested. Oh yeah, totally. And everybody loves a uh, reunion, you know, like look Mm -hmm. at girls. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Reunions and reboots. That's what everyone wants, essentially. Yeah, that's... Well, we've got to... I'll, I'll help you guys. we got to make that happen. That'd be right. awesome. I wanted and to you, ask quickly about new... Speaking of new content, there's always been a rumor circulating that there was going to be a, a set of three books set after Avalon Web of Magic called Shadow Warrior. And I was yeah. wondering if you could confirm anything about that. I did hear about that like they they talked about that um okay. but i it i know they were writing it i know they were working on okay that, but i never saw anything finished i want to read them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i had a script of something that followed i should look for that too because i'm sure i have it somewhere um I don't know if it was like a movie treatment though, or if it was another book, you know, that I was going to be involved with. But that name, when you said that, that totally rings a bell to me. Okay. And also there were really great sketches for, um, they were going to do plush merchandise. I think they did. They, 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 they they made at least like one. Right. But they were going to do the whole thing. Like, Oh, I they want do. those two. <laughs> What's the cute little guy's name? Uh, Ozzy. Ozzy. That's what they did, right? No, I actually. They ever made one of him. Oh, they did? Yeah. At least not that we've seen. I mean. There was going to be an Ozzy. Okay. I've only seen the wolf. That's the only one that I've seen. Okay. Yeah, I know that was one too. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, to me, that was just like a slam. I was like a slam dunk. Why don't. Of course, you have to have the cuddly, you know, fuzzy character as a sidekick, yeah. right? It's like that's why sidekicks were invented so that you could create merchandise of them. <laughs> Taking some inspiration from Disney, with, at least. With you know some merchandise and books and music, it's like really like the 
the piece to complete this quartet is an animated series. And I would so love to see that happen because I think it would really lift all the rest of the pieces back up. And I have to get a hold of him too, because I'm connected now with people that I wasn't connected to at that time that are, that could make this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. I could really make, you know, are in the right places. So yes, right? please, please reach out to him. <laughs> yeah. oh, and well, it, I can, I can send you a link to the Instagram. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Do that. Do that. And that's the same one that I sent you, but I think I found him on LinkedIn, but it's probably the same one you found. Yeah. We sent him a request. We haven't heard back, unfortunately, yeah. but like I said, it's been hit and miss, unfortunately. And it's like, <laughs> you know, as a creator, you should, well, he did respond to us from the, and the Avalon page that's on Instagram um, when we first had launched the Jorars archive. So it was about maybe four or so years ago that he had reached out to us and he was just like, good job, you guys. Great job keeping the Jorars alive and this and that. And I was like, thank you. And then like we responded something else and then there was another back and forth and then I tried reaching out again and then he just dropped off the face of the earth. So it's <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, you I know, unfortunately. Because I, I know that, um, that Rachel, I mean, I heard from her, I think it was Facebook. I forget where, but I'll, I'll find it anyway. And that that's within the last year. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you're able to put us in contact, like we would definitely appreciate that. Yeah. So perfect. Uh, um, and, and then I was going to ask regarding the, um, since you were bringing up the merchandise, did you, do you kind of know of any other merchandise? Like, did he give you anything else that maybe we don't know about that maybe you had or, you know? I think I have a t-shirt somewhere. We don't know anything about a t-shirt, I don't think. I'm pretty sure I have an Avalon t-shirt. Well, if you could snap a photo, that would be amazing. Yeah. And I'm just going to look around for everything okay you definitely you have yeah you have the book on tape and all that right there is there are other things i have a poster somewhere too oh yeah i think that we definitely would love photos of all those because i don't think that the archive knows about a lot of those unfortunately it's just uh, and you know this is something about jewel writers i don't know since robert is kind of the key connector there but it's like they were so ambitious with Jewel Riders marketing that it just, it kind of went everywhere. Like there was, you know, art craft things available. There was shoes, there were dolls, there were, you know, yeah. posters, DVDs, but it was like, it was just all over the place that it, it kind of felt like while it was everywhere, no one could find it, <laughs> you know? And it's like, so when we talk to people, they're like, Oh yeah, I never knew that that was there. I never knew this. And yet it's like, there was so much and yet so little that no one could find it, you know? So I don't know if the same thing was kind of with Avalon, where obviously people know the books, but not a lot of other people know, you know, as you mentioned, like a shirt or a poster or anything like that. Like not everyone knew about those things. So yeah. and I think I especially since Avalon has two distinct releases and a lot of this stuff might have come with the first release starting in like 2001 rather than the re-release starting in like about 2008, mm-hmm. which is probably what more recent people have read. The re-release. And those are the thicker books, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Those are, the, those are like an edited and updated with artwork and some of the content is updated a little bit in yeah. terms of the writing. And it's it's all documented on our, 
our friend site, the Avalon Archive. She she's broken the whole thing down chapter by chapter for the whole series and uh-huh. looked at changes and it's really it's a really cool website if you have a chance to take a visit. I'll send you a link to it. Yeah, I would love to see that. And I'm looking at um Ghost Wolf, the, the one the new one though, because I wrote mm-hmm. a new song for it, Earth Song. And that says 2009. And my lyrics, yeah, they're in the book here. And then this reminded me of the other thing, the other connection that was so cool that I loved about it is that um, they donated a portion of the proceeds to the Humane Society. And they had a connection with the Humane Society and animal rescue and all that. Well, that's such a large theme within the books, especially with, you know, the reserve and the way that the Emily character, you know, connects with the animals. And we were talking about that with Earth Day recently and how, you know, there is that message to the readers of, you know, respecting the world and respecting the animals that are here and things like that. Yeah, there's such a strong conservation message. That's a really great theme in these books. No, I love that. That that really sold me, too. You know, I was just like, I just like everything that the story, the book, the story that people stood for, you know? So mm-hmm. did that come mostly from Rachel or was that kind of from Robert and Rachel or? I think it both. Was- yeah. Okay. They're both animal lovers for sure. And then I said, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm only into rescue. All my dogs. I have chow chows. Oh. They get a bad rap chows. <laughs> <laughs> The big line, people are like, they're mean. And I said, I've had eight chows over the past, you know, 20 years or whatever. And I said, they, or 25 years, I guess. I said, they are not mean. They've all been lovey dogs, you know. They're loyal. Well, yeah. There's a lot of dogs like that, like Pitbull's tool. They they have bad rap sometimes. I know some sweet Pitbulls. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We had Pitbulls. They're, they're so sweet. I love them. They're very cute. So I guess to wrap up regarding Avalon and, you know, just the fact that right now, at least for Jewel Riders, we are celebrating 25 years this year of the animated series. And Avalon is going to be coming up on nearly its 20th year. So that's exciting. But in that time, you know, regarding the fandom, like, is this kind of the first time that someone has reached out to you regarding Avalon? Or like, what has the legacy been like for you, at least? Like, has anyone brought up your songs before? How, what's that been like for you? Yeah, I have had emails um, off and on, you know, from people. Or, or sometimes it would be on, you know, like um, like a music, like whatever, iTunes or um, someplace where somebody could say, hey, are you the one that wrote the songs for Avalon or things like that, right? Okay. I have a lot of that. But um, but also there have been a couple people who have um, contacted me in the past, but I'm trying to remember who. But it was it was there would be fans, a lot of fans that would say, you know, I'm in college now and this, this, this. Or um, I had a couple fans of the books, you know. They were in high school and they wanted to sing Supernatural High for a high school performance. Can I do that? Oh, oh that's so that. cute. Yeah, and some, but a lot of a lot of fan people. 
Um, but as far as like, like what you guys are doing or, you know, just like, um, I think there was some other thing with the fan club of Avalon. If I remember right, they're out of state that contacted me, but this would have been, you know, several years ago. But hmm. since 2000, in between 2010 and now. But well, it's nice to hear that at least there's been some connectivity and, you know, some still it's still alive out there. So it's not like this is the first time in 20 years that someone has reached out to you. So that's no, good. No, no, no. Yeah, that's fantastic. And regarding your career now, like what you're focusing on and projects that you're working on, if you can share any of those for people who really have enjoyed your music of Avalon, obviously, but just other songs, too. Where can they find more of your work? Where Where would you like to send them? Well, um, the best thing, I mean, I have a, a music Facebook, but I'm not great about posting on it, which is bad, but it's Deborah Davis and the Band of Gold. And then I post music stuff on my regular Facebook as well, which is just under Deborah Davis. But then I have a music Instagram, which is also, oh, it's Deborah Davis Music. Uh, and then all my music from my three albums is on, you know, all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, um, well, you name it. I don't know. There's so many now, right? <laughs> I definitely, I just looked it up and I saw it on Amazon as well. Amazon. Yeah. So. It's on all of those. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and I'm doing a lot of writing projects, mostly that because I mean, I do go out and play live. Well, not lately. I don't play live, but I, <laughs> I do play, um, still like if something fun comes up and I'll do it. Um, music festival or sometimes I'll play my favorite, you know, coffee house or club or whatever, but um, mostly I'm writing and just for different um, publishing projects and the same thing, like, you know, music placement and stuff like that. So, and helping my launch my daughter's career because she's an amazing songwriter. And she she really is a great performer. Um, as Deb had mentioned at the beginning of the interview, I had actually reached out to her because I had found her daughter. So that's actually who I saw. And I was like, wait a minute, that name, like, let's just question because I was like, hey, she's a performer. She's, you know, local. And your daughter really, she sounds like she has an amazing career ahead of her. So she's really focusing on that. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I'm trying to help her, you know, get out. She plays out live and she has her YouTube channel, Ella Byer Music and her music Instagram and all of that. And did you see the um, her on the news on the I did not oh, No. I thought that's what you saw. You just you saw the YouTube video. I, yeah, I think that that was all that I saw was just the YouTube video. OK, yeah. well, the news clip. It's it's not very loud because it's from like the TV, but yeah, they um she a couple weeks ago weekends ago she was on the KTLA morning news and they mm -hmm. interviewed her remotely. It was like a five minute segment on her music and it was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome! So amazing. Yeah, I and love it. It was because of the six feet apart song, but that she has. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for sharing your memories with us. We really appreciate it. It was fun. It was really yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm so glad we had the chance to sit down finally and talk with you. I am too. I am too. And we'll we'll keep each other 
posted and updated. Absolutely. We can't thank Deborah enough for coming on and chatting with us about Avalon Web of Magic memories and music. If you want to find out more about Deb's music, you can find her at Deborah Davis Music on Instagram, and we'll be sure to link those in the show notes. And if you want to find out more about Avalon Web of Magic, you can visit our sister site, the Avalon Archive, at avalonarchive.wordpress.com. Or if you want to find out more about Jewel Riders, you can find us at jewelridersarchive.com. And as we always like to say at the end of our show, friends together, friends forever. Friends forever. Bye, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.